0: Shalom, in this week's parsha, Parsha Lech Lecha, it talks about how Avram, together with his wife Sarai, goes together with Lot, and with all their belongings, they go out from Haran to Eretz Canaan, which is what HaKadosh who commands Avram to do, so Lot goes together with him. The interesting part of this Pasuk, it says that they also took Eta nefesh asher which literally translates to, "and the people they had acquired in Charan." Now, what does that mean? So, Chazal teach us that this is referring to the people that Abraham was makariv, and he re- he showed them to stop worshipping the idols, and instead he showed them how the real person they should be worshipping is Hakadosh Baruch So, all those people went together with them. Now, Chazal tell us something about world history in the Gemara and the Voidazara. Over there it says that the, the time of the world is divided into three periods, meaning the 6,000 years that the world is going to be lasting for, from the beginning till end. So it's really divided into three periods of 2,000 years. Each, each period is 2,000 years. The first 2,000 years is called the era of Tovavo, which is... Void and nothingness. The second era is that of the Torah, and the third is the, the messianic era, like um, Mashiach. Now, the Gemara of Zara goes on to say that Chazal specifically identify the beginning of this era, the Torah era, exactly what we're discussing in this week's parsha. It's the time that Avram did the conversion of the idol worshippers of Hanan, he converted them from worshipping the idols to believing in Hashem. The question that I want to share with you is why did Chazal view this? How did they know? What was so unique about this event in reference to the era of Torah? Really, the era of Torah, Torah was around in the world, even though Hashem didn't officially give it to Am Yisrael, but... Some, but we know that it already pre-existed in creation. It was the blueprint of creation, so it, could, it should have been really a lot before. And more than that, we have proofs that also Adam HaRishon had knowledge of the Torah, and so did Noach, because Noach had to have learned Torah, because how did he know which behemoth he needed seven of and which he needed two of? He needed seven of the pure animals and only two of the impure Two of the impure is to reproduce after the 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 big storm the mubble. but what about seven for the Pure so that he can also sacrifice tashem after the mabel. So we happen to know what's pure and in- impure. That's what the gemara says. So the question is, if Noach knew Torah, Noach was before Avram. Why dafka in Avram's time? Are we referencing this idea that the era of Torah begins? If Torah was actually in the world before, more than that, literally the Gemara, like we said before, references this, the era of Torah, beginning from when Avraham Avinu converted these people from worshipping idols to worshipping Hashem. So what is so unique about this? I mean, surely other people also, before Avram Avinu's time, tried to rebuke the people that worship worshipping idols. So this last question that I raised is literally brought down by the Ravid on Hilhas of the He says he asks the following question Why Avram alone, out of all the righteous people of his generation and the preceding ten generations before him, why is he credited with the influence influencing the masses, all all the people around him? Surely the others protested as well against against the idol worshipping. And he answers, listen carefully, that while the other tzaddikim Perhaps they did try and rebuke the people that were worshipping idols, but they were not able to break the idols because the idol worshippers hid them. And only Avram was able to find the idols. Now that needs explanation. What does that mean? What Avram was a better detective? He was able to find the hidden idols? And more than that, the idols were being worshipped in public. We all know that Nimrod and others were literally in public worshipping the idols. So what's... What's going on over here? So I saw Bishem of Zev that to understand the Raivid we perhaps need to go into to have a deeper understanding of what they did in ancient times when they started idol worshipping. The Rambam explains that the original idol worshipping was done as a mistake, meaning people were thinking that by worshipping these Idols or any na- natural aspect of the world that I, that hashem Baruch who gave powers to is giving honor to Hashem It's honor to the king because hashem in- created the world in such a way that these things will have power, so too when you honor a king's servants, then it's a way of worshiping uh, of yeah of giving kavod to the king honor to the king that's what the, the Rambam says that's how it started in the generation of Enosh. Etc. However, because the Kadesh Bukhu invested certain powers in certain natural means and they, they understood that by they, by them worshipping those natural entities, it's giving Kavod and honor to Hashem, but their mistake lay in failing to recognize that that's true. It's respect when the king is not allow, around and who represents him are his servants. But when the king is around, it's a disgrace to, to the king. And we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is everywhere and hence, no matter what, by definition, when a person turns to other entities, it's Be'etzim, in a sense, going against HaKadosh Baruch and that Sforno explains that's exactly exactly pshat in the Aseret Dibot It says Lo Yelech Elokim Al which literally translates to Don't accept any other powers in my presence. Sforno says, Why do you have to write in my presence? Because Hashem's presence is everywhere; it's always existing. Now, with this latest understanding, perhaps we can put the puzzles together, the pieces of the puzzle together, to understand what's going on over here with all the questions we raised. The 2000 years, as we discussed, the first 2000 years was the era of Tovavo, an era of confusion, of light and dark mixed together, and nothing is clear. It's only when the Torah came about, the time of Torah, then things became clearer. Now, who started this? Claricites in Yiddish? In English, it means who started this time of clarity of what life is all about, and that Hashem rules the world, that came from Avram Avinu. What happened before, people had their image totally blurred. They thought they were doing a mitzvah when they were doing an avela. They convinced themselves that what they're doing is an act of kavod, honor to Hashem, but really it was the opposite, because everything was mixed. Avram Avinu. Was the first in history to come and show them, listen, you're totally missing the boat. You're hiding a sin and you're wrapping it up and making it as a mitzvah. And Avram was the first one to realize that. And hence, Avram brought clarity to the world. And that's what Twelah does it brings clarity. And Avram was the first one to do that. Now we can understand what the Raived means that Avram was the first to find the hidden idols. They're not hidden literally in a physical sense, they were hidden spiritually. People were worshiping idols, but they didn't show that they were worshipping idols. They made people think around them, No, this is the way I connect to Hashem. I similar to what happened in Khetaegan, it is only through the Torah that we can separate the light from darkness to perceive good as absolute truth and evil as absolute bad. The confusion was introduced by adam Rishon's sin. And since then, that was the tool of the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. Now I want to share with you a Baal Shem Tov. The Bal Shem Tov explains that the Satan, the Satan, will be held responsible in the future not for attempting to seduce man into sin, because that's his job. Rather, for making the sin appear as a mitzvah, this is the era of confusion we're talking about, the Tovavo until came the era of Torah, which is, thanks to Avram Avinu, that brought clarity. And I think everyone in his own life can figure that out. A lot of times, a lot of times, we <laughs> convince ourselves that we're doing something good, where really, we're wrapping it up, and it's something not good, and it's not that's on Hashem. And that's exactly what the mission of Pirkei Ovo says. Ensure you have a good friend. You have to buy yourself a good friend and appoint yourself a Rav. Why? A Rav you need, that's obvious, because sometimes you really do not know. You're honest with yourself and you have no idea what the right thing to do is. So it's a gray area, so you need the Rav to help you. But sometimes you don't need a Rav. It's enough to have someone close that knows you and he has an objective look on what you're doing. And he can help you to tell you, yes, I think you're doing the right thing, or you're doing the wrong thing. With this, we can also continue and conclude another piece of the puzzle. It says later on, in this week's Parsha, that at one point, Avram Avinu t- tells Lot, okay, it's now time to separate. I need to go one way, you need to go the other. So Avram said to Lot, it's, it's now time, please separate yourself from me. For we are brothers, that's that's what it says in the Apostle explains the terms brothers mean they look alike. What does that mean, they look alike? What is he coming to say? According to us, everything's great. Because Lot, on the outside... He wrapped everything he was doing as if he was the biggest righteous person, just like Avram Avinu. So on the outside, from the outside, it looks like everyone's a great tzaddik, also of Avinu, also Lot. And indeed, we saw that on Pesach he ate matzah, and indeed he was very hospitable to the angels that came. He also brought them into his house. But at the end of the day... Everything was wrapped as a mitzvah, but everything was the life of confusion. He gave, when, when the people of Stom tried to knock down their door, he gave them their, his daughters to do whatever they want with them, etc., etc. It was Mamish, the epitome of this Tovavo, confusion. Whereas Ramavinu is the epitome of the era of Torah, having clarity of what Hashem wants us to do. We'll end off with this idea that you see also with what resembles, what's the symbol of something not kosher? It's pig. Why dafka pig? Because we know there's several kosher signs. But on the outside, it seems that the pig has it all. Because he symbolizes that the external sign is a He has the the external sign of the kosher animal, which is the cloven feet. However, he doesn't have the other internal kosher signs. And that's exactly what we're running away from. The era of confusion. That is the most dangerous thing. That we wrap around the sin as if it's a mitzvah. And I'd like to end with a short story. I have more stories about this, but we're limited for time. And if you want more stories, you can email me on this one. But the one story I want to share with you is about a, uh, a Hasid that was davening in his uh, yeshiva. It was a very serious yeshiva. They learned all day. And of course, everyone liked to daven over there for Yomim Im for Rosh Hashanah, the high holidays, Yom Kippur. So one time, one of the Hasidim went up to the rabbi and he said to him, Listen, <clears throat> this other show, I loved, I love to daven here, but this other show is really asking me to be the the chazan over there. And I think I need to do it, but I want the blessing of the raf. Should I go? So the rabbi said to him, why do you really want to go? So he said to him, yeah, it's a big mitzvah. What, I'll be the shlich tzibur, I'll be the chazan and leading the whole congregation. I want to have that tzchut, I want to have that merit. So he goes, okay, go. But when he came back to Yeshiva after the after the High Holidays, he saw that the Rebbe wasn't happy with his decision. Although he let him do it, but he wasn't happy. And then his friend did a very similar thing, and he saw everything was great. So he went up to the Rebbe and he asked him, I don't understand. I can see the is not 100%. He's not happy with my decision. But how come with my friend the Rebbe's happy with? What's the, what's the difference? So the Rebbe explains to him, When I ask your friend... You know what he told me? He told me, I want to go be a chazan because I feel my prayers are going to be a lot better if I do so. And I felt that was an emestika explanation. That was the truth. He really, really thought and felt that when he's chazan, he has a lot more responsibility and hence his tefilot are better. He wasn't running around trying to convince me that he's doing it for the sake of the merit of, of leading a congregation. I didn't feel that in your heart it's the truth, that the real truth you want to go. I thought maybe there was a bit of a type of honor that people are going to say, oh, what a good chazan, etc. And perhaps we should take this idea with us and always ensure that not only that it looks from the outside that we're doing the right thing, but internally we're 100% confident we're doing the right thing according to the Torah. And by that, running away from confusion and leading a life, of Toyo. Good job.